Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. Well, good morning, church family. I am so excited to be here with you all today. I cannot tell you what an honor it is to be back on this stage to preach the word to you all. Before we uh, get started, I want to take a, a quick moment to recognize and show some appreciation to uh, Mr. Ron Littleton. I don't know if any of you know Ron here, the majority of us do, but just in case you don't, he is a deacon serving here at our church. And last week, he served as guest speaker for our Sunday services. And let me tell you, he brought an incredible message, an incredible message that I highly recommend. If you haven't had the opportunity to hear it, please go to our website, crclife.org, and give it a listen because it is going to be well worth your time. So thank you, Ron. All right. So today I will be picking up where my co-student minister, Kobe McCormick, left off about two Sundays ago. If you were unable to attend that service right before the Memorial Day weekend, let me tell you, it was awesome. It was awesome for a couple reasons. One, we had the opportunity in our second service to celebrate and recognize our graduating seniors. Our graduating seniors, it, it is amazing, church. And so, as many of you know, Kobe and I, we, are, we have been members of Crossroads for some time now, but this was our first graduating class as your student ministers. So there were tears, all right? And I'm not sure which one of us was crying more, Kobe or myself, but let me tell you, they were tears of joy. Joy and just amazement at what God is doing. Amazement not only what God is doing in the lives of our graduating seniors, but what he is continuing to do in his student ministry here at Crossridge Church. Another highlight of that service is that we had the privilege to watch God's amazing work firsthand as he worked through Daniel Marsh. As he gave Daniel the strength and the courage he needed to preach his message to all of you. Pastor Mark said it best when he preached on the topic, signs of a healthy church, with one of those signs being God calling those from within the church to serve him in pastoral ministry. Believe it or not, Daniel and Diego are not the only ones being called into pastoral ministry. And today I have the pleasure of introducing, and we will have the pleasure of hearing from another graduating senior. One who, just like Daniel, has accepted Jesus Christ, has done that, and now he has heard Jesus' calling for a life of pastoral ministry. And that is Diego Silva. There's really nothing else to say except, God, go, God, go. It is amazing. But to jump into today's message, Daniel and Kobe did an amazing job of opening us up and preaching on the call of Gideon. Gideon, who despite his extreme fear and doubt, accepted God's calling to serve his purpose. His purpose to be the champion of the Israelite army, and with God's strength, defeated the Midianites. Defeating the Midianites and freeing the Israelites from seven years of oppression. The main theme from the story of Gideon is that when you put all of your faith and trust in God, he will provide you with direction. Church, each and every one of us, 
are called to serve God and his purpose. Just as Gideon was called, we are called as well. A few weeks ago, I had a student approach me and ask me the question, how do we with confidence know that we are being called to serve God's calling and not our own calling? It's a pretty deep question. That is a deep question that we as believers will struggle with our entire lives. Because in order to answer God's calling, we first need to understand how to hear God's calling and differentiate it from God's calling and our own calling. In the Bible, the word call or calling is mostly referenced as God's initiative to bring people to Christ. Bring people to Christ so that we together can join in his redemptive work for the world. The key word being there, or key words being, bring people to Christ. Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 26, if anyone wants to serve me, they must follow me. If anyone is to serve me, they must follow me. It's such a small little verse, very easy to just skip over, but yet has so much foundational significance to our ability not only to answer God's calling, but to hear God's calling. Because church, before we are called to something, we are first called to someone. Before we are called to something, we are called to someone. In other words, before we are called to go serve a purpose, we are first called to him. We are first called to follow Jesus Christ. Before we are called to do we are called to be. Our first primary calling before all other callings is to be in a personal relationship with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. It is to be in a personal relationship with God through our faith in Jesus Christ. Because church, if the Bible says and talks about how a calling is bringing people to Christ, how can we bring anyone to Christ if we do not personally truly know Christ? if we are not personally in a relationship with Christ. Jesus said to himself, if anyone wants to serve me, they must first follow me. They must first follow me. So church, our primary and first calling is to be in a relationship, a personal relationship with God through our faith in Jesus Christ so that we may answer our ultimate calling of bringing people to Christ. Something that's amazing, church, is that our biblical primary and ultimate calling as believers is directly aligned with our mission statement here at Crossridge Church. Our mission statement is God's vision for our church family is that we are to glorify him as fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ as we make disciples of all nations. Devote, fully devoted followers as we make disciples of all nations. Furthermore, here at Crossroads, we are committed to give, grow, and go. And I'm actually taking this right out of our website where it says, in being committed to grow, we are committing to growing deeper in our faith in God and our relationship with him as followers of Jesus Christ. We are committed to go we go to people at home and the world sharing the gospel, thus bringing people to him. Church, I had a little bit of a God moment with this whole thing. 
Because I'm going to be honest, I had no intention of putting the church's mission statement in my sermon today. I actually wrote this sermon a couple weeks ago, and then I was doing some work for Pastor George on the website, and then all of a sudden there it was, and just hit me. Obviously, I know our church mission statement being here on staff, but it's so easy just to sometimes forget it because you're so busy with everything else. So as I am studying and preparing for this sermon, writing the entire thing, and then I just pop on our website and boom, there it is. And it is just so amazing and trippy to me just how aligned they are. Jesus calls us to be followers. Here across this church, we are called to glorify God as devoted followers so that we may, as Jesus said, serve him, bringing people to Christ. For me, that is just encouragement. And that gives me confidence in knowing that I and my family, we are in the right place. We are exactly where God wants us to be. And every one of you here today are in the right place. Whether you are visiting our church for the very first time or you are members of our church, you could have been anywhere today, anywhere. But God brought you here today for his purpose. You may not know what that purpose is. I may not know, but God knows. So if you're sitting in this church today and you're thinking to yourself, I don't know what God wants for me. I don't know if God is even calling me. I don't think I've ever heard God call. I, I don't know. Church, God is calling you. You are being called. God has a purpose for each and every one of us here. He does. So if you were asking that question, wondering, is God calling me because you can't hear him? You're asking yourself the wrong question. The question we need to be asking ourselves is how is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ? How is our personal relationship with Jesus Christ? And in asking that church, I am not asking you if you are a good person. I'm not asking you if you are following the Bible line by line. I am not asking you if you go to church every single Sunday. Because everyone here knows you can go to a party at someone's house without really knowing the homeowner. Just how you can go to church every single Sunday without knowing our homeowner, Jesus Christ, without being in a personal relationship with him. So I am truly asking you, how is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? How long has it been since you have talked to your Savior? How long has it been since you have prayed to Jesus? How, how long has it been since you have just told him about your day? How long has it been since you have cried to Jesus Christ? Church, how do we expect to hear God if we are not truly present in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Because Jesus said, if anyone is to serve me, they must first follow me. Do you want to know what the answer is to the question, how can we be confident that we are being called to serve God's purpose and not our own? The answer is actually a question. And that question is, how confident are you in your personal relationship with Jesus Christ? Because church, we do not find our confidence in a calling. We find our confidence in our relationship with Jesus Christ. 
So if you're sitting here today and you do think you're hearing that calling, you do feel like, you know, you've heard it, you feel it in your heart, you feel it in your ears, you feel it, you know it's there, but you're hesitant. Hesitant for some reason to answer. Hesitant out of fear. Fear that you are not good enough. Fear that you are not strong enough. Or maybe you're going to that really deep corner in your mind, that dark place where you're, fear God made a mistake. God's calling the wrong person, and it's not you. So God made a mistake. Well, I'm going to clear that right up for you guys today, church. One, you will never be good enough. Two, you will never be strong enough. But three, God does not make mistakes. And in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, it says, If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. If anyone serves, let it be through the strength God provides. God provides. One, you will never be good enough. But thankfully for us, Jesus Christ was more than good enough. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, it says, for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve as to give his life as, as ransom for many. Church, we are called as believers to serve because Jesus Christ came and he served us first. Two, we are not strong enough, but luckily enough, we don't have to be. God is more than strong enough. His strength is more than sufficient. He will equip you with his strength. Because three, God does not make mistakes. God does not call the equipped. God equips the called. Jesus said, if anyone is to serve me, they must first follow me. There is nothing in the Bible that says you have to be good enough to follow Jesus or you have to be strong enough to be following Jesus. All it says is you have to choose to follow Jesus. Church, we have to choose to follow Jesus. And that choosing is the first step to hearing God's calling. And then hearing God's calling, you can be confident in that calling through your own personal relationship in Jesus Christ. Today, I have the privilege of introducing a young man to you who through his own personal relationship with Jesus Christ has heard God's calling. He's not only heard God's calling, but he has accepted God's calling. And he has said yes. So please, church, join me in welcoming Diego Silva. Tell you, this is a weird feeling. I am really nervous, but at the same time, I'm really excited, so I'm kind of numb. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I just want to start off by saying how thankful I am to everybody who has allowed this to happen. Obviously, Pastor Mark, um, Pastor George, and John, um, student leaders, uh, 
Kyle, Kobe, Kiefer, Jerry, um, Al Gaines, um, but most importantly, obviously, all the glory going to God. All these people have had a huge role in my life, and for that, um, I can't be more thankful. Um, I think one of the things that was most constantly going through my mind when I was preparing uh, to do this was, man, it's, it seems really childish now that I'm up here, but I, I had no idea what I was going to start with. Like, am I going to start with, like, a joke? Or, like, I just, I just don't know what to say. And it, it made me really nervous, like, just thinking about it. Like, and I'm a huge overthinker. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to save myself from the embarrassment. I'm just going to stick to what I normally do. So this is how I would introduce myself back there um, in the youth. Okay. Um, how are we all doing today, guys? Uh, for those of you guys that don't know much about me, uh, my name is Diego Silva. I am a 17-year-old, just graduated senior from Lone Star High School, um, and I will be attending Moody Bible Institute to pursue um, ministry, or to prepare myself for ministry. Um, I know some of those things might sound kind of uh, similar or familiar to you guys, right? Uh, the last name Silva, as in Pastor Daniel Silva, a uh, member of our staff here. Yeah, that's my dad. I'm a pastor's son. Um, Danny Silva, right? That's my brother who is also uh, preparing himself for ministry. And he's also going to Moody Bible Institute. Um, and also, if you guys didn't know this, my dad, he also went to Moody Bible Institute. Um, and, you know, my mom also went to Moody Bible Institute. Uh, so it's very much a family affair. Um, uh, it's kind of crazy how, how all those things just kind of happened. Um, all jokes aside, um, as you guys can assume, as, as I'm sure some of you guys have heard, the life of a pastor's son can, pastor's son can be interesting, to say the least. Um, I've seen a lot of both sides of ministry, having grown up my entire life, uh, with you know, being surrounded by all of this. Um, you know, I've seen all the good things that, that can happen, all of the bad things, and, and some of the very ugly things that can happen in a life of ministry as well. But, but truthfully, uh, like I said, that's all I've ever known. And so um, to some of you guys, that might seem uh, like not something you would want to experience. And a lot of the times I would wonder and, and think the same thing. Uh, but as I'm standing up here today, um, a lot of those questions that I had turn into answers from God. Um, so uh, for my testimony, uh, for me, this all kind of started uh, at around, I want to say, eighth grade. Uh, my brother was a sophomore in high school, and he was getting to the point where he kind of had to start thinking about college. Um, and that conversation came up pretty often, and I was there for a lot of those conversations, and so that made me kind of start thinking about, you know, my future. Um, and so a lot of the conversation was sort of like, like, hey, from my mom and dad to, to my brother, hey, I think you should do this, right? And Danny was, was very much of, I don't want to say a rebel growing up, but when my parents, like, like suggested something, he was very much like, I'm going to go in a different direction. Uh, so, and, and he was like that in pretty much everything. Like, we go to the store, and if he wanted to buy something, my parents would be like, hey, look at these nice Legos, I don't know. Um, and he would just be like, okay, I'm going to go in a different direction. Or we go out to eat, and he still does this. We go out to eat, and it's like, hey, let's go to Waterburger, And he's like, oh, I'm feeling some chicken. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Um, but, um, yeah, again, all jokes aside, um, my parents, obviously going to, to Moody, they were always like, like hey, you know, maybe, maybe think about going there as well. And I know that's something pretty common, right? Uh, parents want their kids, or they suggest for their kids to go to the same school as them because they, not, they like it, they're familiar with it. Um, otherwise, they wouldn't suggest it, obviously. Uh, but for us, 
them suggesting, hey, go to a Christian school, or in this case, go to Moody, that meant, hey, um, that's a school for, you know, preparing yourself for ministry. Hey, maybe this is something that God wants in your life. And they, they saw things in us from an earlier age that they, they would constantly say, like, you know, we think God could be using you guys for his, for his ministry, or he could use you guys in the future. Um, and so for that, for them to say, hey, Danny, like, consider going to Moody, he was just like, yeah, no, nah, that's, that's just not me. And it was never like, like, oh, like, just because it's a, a Christian school, like, I'm going to go in a different direction. But it was sort of a turnoff for him in the sense that just because they were suggesting it, he just didn't want it want to do it. And that's where I kind of differed um, from Danny. Um, my parents, um, or my dad, would often say this to us growing up. He would say um, that his prayer to God when me and Danny were born uh, was that he would use us in his ministry to grow his kingdom. And so it's like, man, I was doomed from the start. I had, I had no choice. <laughs> um, uh, but regardless, um, they, they talk about it all the time growing up. And so for me, where, where Danny was like, you know what, like, no. Um, I was very much like, okay, maybe, but, but just wait. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't see any signs from God telling me, okay, this is what I want you to do, so I'm not going to worry about it. You know, I, I pushed it aside, but never quite uh, rejected it. Um, and so as I got older, um, I became more involved in the youth group. And I wouldn't necessarily say it was... Uh, because of my own doing, right? Pastor's son, he's getting older, uh, one of the only high school students we have. Um, kind of just, I got pushed into sort of a, an expectation he has to be a leader. And so this was also uh, during the time of COVID, uh, where everything just kind of shut down. We kind of just, um, as a youth group, we were just kind of tore down to nothing. Uh, and so, like I said, me being one of the only uh, high school uh, students, it was kind of kind of just like, okay, like, we need you to take some action and, and help the, the youth group out. Um, and it was hard, I'm not going to lie. It was pretty discouraging uh, because, like I said, we had to start from pretty much nothing. Um, and uh, throughout the COVID year, uh, you know, things were hard. We, we, we struggled with events and things like that, and uh, eventually we get to our camp. And this is my sophomore year of high school. Um, oh, I just finished my sophomore year of high school. Um, and, you know, we're going to camp, excited, you know, it's camp, everybody loves camp, um, but this was where it all kind of changed uh, for me. Um, and one thing that was very different about this camp um, from most is that um, if you've ever been to a camp, you know that you do, uh, like, small groups. Uh, you talk about what you've learned, a uh, message that you've heard, and, and you kind of just discuss it, uh, share your thoughts on it, get to know each other better. It's a good way uh, to do some fellowship. At this particular camp, uh, we had to do that, but with uh, kids from random churches, right? The other churches that were there at this camp. And so it was awkward, to say the least. Um, he would ask, uh, our, the, the person that was leading the group would ask questions, and everybody would just kind of nod and not really say anything. And uh, we got to the point where he asked if anybody wanted to share their testimony. And as you guys can assume, that's even more awkward because that's something really personal. And if you don't know anybody, you're just not you're not going to feel uh, very comfortable uh, sharing that with somebody. Um, and time went on. He, he, we, we probably sat there for about five minutes, and nobody said anything. And I thought, well, I'll save ourselves, right? Uh, maybe if I share my testimony, other people will feel comfortable uh, doing the same. Uh, my testimony um, is 
is easy for me to talk about. Um, I've been very blessed, um, obviously, life of a pastor's son. I've been surrounded by the church my whole life, and, and for that I'm very thankful. So um, I thought, you know what, I'll share. Maybe they'll uh, get the courage to do the same. And I did. Uh, I shared, and, and what I hoped happened would happen happened, and all these people started uh, to share their own testimonies. And, and that felt great, I'm not going to lie. Um, afterwards, uh, the, the leader of, of the camp, or one of the leaders from the camp, um, his name's Thomas, I will never forget him. I wish I could remember, remember his last name, but I can't. Uh, Thomas comes up to me and he's just like, hey man, thank you for, for doing that. Um, um, that. I think that really uh, helped other people to share their testimony. Um, and, you know, we just kind of got to talking, and, you know, we talked about the whole, you know, pastor's son thing. It's something that people bring up often, like, hey, how's that like? Um, and, like I said, we just got to talking, and uh, eventually he asked me, hey, do you, think, do you think that you were being called to ministry? Um, and that was sort of just like, a, whoa, like, we've known each other for like five minutes, man, come on, like, don't do that to me. Um, <laughs> And so, you know, we, we just kept talking about it. I, I, I wasn't going to be, like, rude and just be like, like, nah, man, that's not for me. But, um, you know, I just kind of ignored it. And, you know, we kept talking and talking and talking. And we talked about our youth group and, and sort of how things were going for us. Not so great at the time. And, and I voiced my frustrations about it. And towards the end of our conversation, he's like, man, I got I to gotta be honest with you. I think God is calling you to ministry. And, again, that was like, dude, come on, don't do that to me. Um, and so I couldn't, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like I, I just, it was constantly in my head after that. And, um, I tried, I, I did my best to try to just like kind of forget about it, enjoy the rest of my camp. Otherwise I, I would have been thinking about that the whole time. And, and I, I did an okay job of it. I eventually just kind of moved on and, and, uh, was focusing about the things around me on the things around me. Um, and that was until the last day of camp, the last night, um, last sermon, um, and if some of you guys know uh, Pastor Vince, um, he's been here before, he's been a guest speaker at our church. Um, the way we uh, knew about him, the way we met him is through this camp. Um, he was the one uh, preaching, and I will never, this guy, I mean, this was the moment that it all kind of changed for me, uh, because um, on this particular sermon, he was talking about callings. Um, and so that already made me uncomfortable, having had the conversation I had with Thomas uh, a couple days ago. Um, but then he gets, he gets to the end. Sorry. He gets to the end of the sermon, um, and he... Sorry. He gets to the end of the sermon, and he... It's, he's doing an invitation. He's like... Hey, if you think that you're being called to ministry, I want you to raise your hand. Um, and at that moment, I was just kind of like, like, oh, dude, he's talking to me, right? Like, he's, he's literally talking right to me. Um, and he's like, I-, I want you to raise your hand if you feel that you've been called to ministry. Um, and at that moment, I just, I broke down. I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I, I put my head down. I didn't want anybody to see me. I started crying. Um, I did my best to just, you know, make it seem like nothing was happening because it was very humbling for me, right, to just admit that I had been, like, running from this calling from God. Um, and I just couldn't bring myself to raise my hand. I didn't, I didn't want anybody to see. Um, I just didn't want anybody to see me. I felt very ashamed. 
And so I didn't, I, I kept my head down. I, I, I let it wait. I, I, I waited until I stopped crying. Um, and, you know, I, I made it seem like nothing, nothing was happening. But at that moment, I was like, okay, like, I know, I know that this is what you want from me, God. Um, and so the camp ends, um, go back to normal life. And um, like I said, um, it, was, it was hard. It was hard after, after COVID. Um, I was very frustrated with, with the state of our youth group. I didn't want to bring my friends. I didn't think if I invited them, they would stay. Um, and that was hard for me because I wanted to go to church with my friends. I thought that was very, or that was something that was very important to me. And, and the fact that we were struggling with events, you know, Pastor George was trying to juggle the youth ministry and um, all of his other responsibilities as well as that. It was hard. Um, and as time went on, my frustrations got, you know, more, they, they got, they became bigger and bigger. And I started to, to tell more people about it. Um, conversations that I had with my parents uh, a lot um, just about how I wanted things to change and, and all of that. Um, and if you know me, you know that um, a lot of times I can be um, not dry, but I just like to do my own thing. Like I like to stick to myself, my own thoughts. Um, I like to let other people do the talking a lot of times. Uh, but when it came to this, it was something that I was very passionate about. And it got to the point where I just couldn't stop talking about it. Um, and in a conversation that um, me and my family were having uh, with Al and Nana uh, Gaines, the Gaines family, um, at, at a dinner uh, when I just, you know, family dinner, um, I, I let them, I, I let them know, you know, I told them about how I was feeling and all, and all of all these things. And eventually uh, they were just like, okay, great, do something about it, right? Like if you, if this is obviously something that God has put on your life, like, you have to do something about it. Otherwise, you're going to keep feeling the same way. Um, and I was like, okay, like, obviously, you guys are right. And a lot of the times, my parents said the same things to me. But, but I just wasn't ready yet. I just, I didn't think that, that, that I was at that, at that place yet. Um, and the final, the final straw, I think, was um, a year later at the, the, the following camp. Um, we... We, we get to the last day again, um, and at this point, I'm trying to enjoy myself, you know, trying not to think about all that stuff, but like I said, it's been constantly on my mind, um, and so, you know, gets to the last day, and again, the, the sermon that the pastor is talking about is about callings, and the thing that stuck out to me, and, and the thing that was just kind of like, okay, like, there's no point in me fighting anymore, was he said, one way to know that um, God is calling you is that it is all you can think about. And I, that literally hit it right on the nail for me. Um, so I was like, okay, I guess that's it, right? There's no point in me waiting any longer. And so when he did the thing where it was like, okay, stand up or like raise your hand. Uh, we want to talk to you. If you think that you're being called to ministry, I stood up, right? Because at that moment I was like, okay, like I'm ready. I, I've been known this. And it wasn't a very big deal for me at the time because I was just like, like I've been known this. This is just me like kind of like do so, doing something about it. Um, but for other people, it was very much a surprise because obviously they had no idea. And so um, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about the way people would react. I mean, soon enough, I was getting congratulations from, from like a ton of people. And then next thing I know, Sunday morning, the next, the next Sunday morning after camp, Pastor Mark comes up to me and he's like, hey, man, we got to talk. And I, at that point, I'm like, oh, there's no going back now, right? <laughs> um, so, I mean... 
And that's how I kind of, you know, we got to talking, Pastor Mark and I, and he was like, I want you to teach in the youth group. And fast forward, I think it's 10 months. Here I am. This is it. <laughs> um, and I just, to end off, I, I want to read this um, from, from what I have. I want to make sure I get these right. Three takeaways uh, I've learned, obviously, hearing the calling and answering the calling. Uh, number one, um, from the verse Kyle talked about, uh, John 12, 26. If anybody serves me, they must follow me. In order to serve God, uh, you must follow God. Our goal as Christians is to serve God in obedience to the call that he has on each and one of our lives, which is to minister to those around us, right, making disciples of all nations. Right? In order to follow through and constantly do that, constantly serve God, we must constantly follow him in every, every area of our lives. And I think a lot of times we limit the areas in which we follow him. For example, work, uh, when we're with our friends, um, for students at school. Um, and it's, I've learned to deal with that a lot. You know, me, I have a job. Um, I'm a manager at Chick-fil-A, and I will not tell you guys where because I, don't, I already have enough stress when Kobe comes and he's like, I need to speak with the manager. Um, so, um, yes, our calling is not limited. Um, first takeaway. Um, for the second, um, you know, for, for me, a lot of the times, um, the question of if I'm capable of doing what God wants for me, uh, if I could even do it, right? That was a question that often came up, um, right? I felt unprepared. Um, and I'm sure a lot of you guys have felt the same way. When God is calling you to do something, you feel like, I don't know if I can do this. Um, and that was a lot of the same for me. Uh, last night, obviously, I was, you know, I, I did everything, and, and I was just thinking, like, I don't, man, I'm, I'm getting a little bit too nervous. Like, I don't know if I can do this. And it was the same for me um, when I was preaching uh, back in the youth for the first time. And um, the, the sermon that I was preparing, the very first time I talked was um, on Joshua 1 through 9. And if you guys know Joshua 1, 9, um, let me just, uh, obviously... Um, it is, haven't I commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And so I thought, you know, I'm about to talk about this. Um, I'm, about to, I'm about to preach on this, and I'm scared. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, right? But I, how am I going to get up there and talk about this when I'm experiencing the same thing, right? Um, and it was the same thing for me yesterday. Um, and all of a sudden, uh, I got a notification on my phone. Uh, from the Bible app, you know, you get daily uh, verses on your Bible app. Um, and usually I'm just like, okay, whatever. Like, I ignore it. Um, I think somebody's texting me, but I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, and the verse was, if you guys can guess, um, Joshua 1, 9. Um, and so that was a huge, huge thing. Um, and so second, sorry, there's a fly. Um, uh, second takeaway I've learned um, is... Um, God will teach you in your calling, right? Our calling will teach us. Um, and so the last, sorry. Final takeaway I've learned is simple. Just like me, just like my brother Danny, just like Kobe, uh, Gideon, anyone who is called by God, which is every single one of us. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, you cannot, you can't avoid him, right? You can't, you can't do anything uh, to, to go against what his plan is, right? His plan is perfect. Um, and if you're a believer, you're a part of it, and there's nothing you can do about it, right? So the final takeaway is our calling cannot be fought. 
Um, and that's it. That's all I've got. Sorry for taking too long, probably. Wow, that was amazing. Okay. Okay, all right. So what we have witnessed in these past couple weeks, church, from both Daniel and Diego, they could not have achieved through their own strength. They are impressive young men, but they, just like us, are not good enough. They, just like us, are not strong enough. But God does not make mistakes. If there's anything we learned from the story of Gideon or both sermons from Daniel and Diego is that when you put your full faith and trust in God, he will provide you with direction. No matter how big or scary his calling may feel, he will equip you with the strength you need to achieve the calling he has laid out for you. No one in this building, let alone the world, is equipped enough or strong enough to answer and achieve God's calling for our lives. No. But church, don't for a second think that your weaknesses or your shortcomings mean absolutely anything to God and his plan. Because God will provide. God knows our weaknesses better than we do. He knows all of our shortcomings. So I have Four points of truth that I hope we can just quickly walk away with today. And that first one is, our first and primary calling is to be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In order to answer God's calling, we need to first be able to hear God's calling. In order to hear God's calling, we need to be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. In order to be in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, we need to first choose to follow Jesus Christ. Truly follow, because it is in that following and in that relationship that we will find the confidence in the calling that God has provided for us. Two, God is patient with our insecurities. If you are feeling God's calling on your life and you're feeling a little insecure about it, feeling like you are not strong enough or good enough for that calling, you are not alone. You are not alone in your insecurities. Why? Because church, we are sinners. We are sinners being called to God's perfect, holy calling. His perfect, holy purpose. There's nothing more polar opposite than sinners and God's perfect, holy purpose. It's like a water polo player being called to ministry. In case you guys don't know, I played college water polo. It's kind of a big deal, but my wife says I'm not allowed to talk about it. So (laughs) we're just going to move on. But what I want to say to you, whoever needs to hear it, whoever is here and needs to hear it, your weaknesses, your shortcomings, they do not mean you are the wrong choice. They do not mean that God made a mistake because God does not make mistakes. And I'll say it again and again and again. God does not make mistakes. Because three, God will equip us. In 2 Corinthians, Paul writes in chapter 9, verse 8, and God is able to make everything, every grace overflow to you so that in every way, always having everything you need 
you may excel in every good work. Church, God does not call you to something just to leave you to fend for yourself. No. Because if that was the fact, the story of Gideon would have ended very differently. In fact, every story in this book would have ended very differently. But the truth is, God is with you in your calling. And God will equip you. And through our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, God will give you and equip you with the strength you need to fulfill his purpose. Lastly, God enables us to trust in him. Our fear is to be expected. However, the problem with fear is when we allow that fear to control us. When we trust that fear more than we trust God. When we trust our own understanding of things over trusting the understanding of the one being who knows us best and loves us the most. Because when we choose our fear, what we are saying to God is that God is wrong. God, you made the wrong choice. God, you made a mistake. But church, God does not make mistakes. When Moses' successor, Joshua, went and called to God and expressed his fear, his fear to fulfill the purpose of bringing the Israelites into the promised land, what did God so famously command him? He commanded him, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Church, God is with you wherever you go with whatever calling may be on your life. And we are unable to trust in God through our personal relationship with Jesus Christ, through his willingness to be patient with our insecurities and with his promise that he will equip us with all the strength we need. I'm going to end on a, on a quick little message here, church. I'm going to be honest. I don't know exactly who originated this message or who has said it, but I've heard it a lot lately. And I feel like it's something that just needs to be said. The enemy has convinced believers that unless you are standing on a stage or have a microphone in your hand, or if you're standing behind a pulpit, you are not in ministry. Church, that cannot be the farthest thing from the truth. Church, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you are in ministry. If the Bible and God, call, their ultimate calling for us is to bring believers to, to Christ, bringing believers to Christ is ministry. Ministry is bringing believers to Christ. Ministry is not exclusive to pastors and ministers. No. Each and every one of us are called to ministry. You may never be called to ministry at a pulpit, but you will be called to ministry in your jobs. You will be called to ministry in your schools. You will be called to ministry in your friend groups. You will most importantly be called to ministry in your homes at your dinner tables. Because church, if you are married, you're in ministry. If you're single, you're in ministry. If you have children, you're in ministry. If you have, don't have children, you're in ministry. If you're a friend, you're in ministry. If you're a stay-at-home mom homeschooling your kids, you are definitely in ministry. I'm praying for you. <laughs> Church, just as Gideon was called to serve, we too, each and every one of us, are called to serve God 
and his purpose. And we can be confident in that calling through our relationship with Jesus Christ. As the worship band comes back up to pray, or comes, up, comes back up to play, I'm also going to welcome Daniel and Diego up as well. I'm going to have them stand right down here. Come on, boys. And stand right here. And as we open the altar for invitations for anyone who's feeling that calling today on their hearts, feeling that calling to follow Christ, whether you have already made that decision before and need to renew it, and ask yourself, do you truly have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ? I'm going to pray for these young men as they go on the journey God has for them. But I pray with the confidence knowing that God will equip them with all the strength they need to glorify him and to fulfill his purpose. And after a few want to come up. If you haven't met Jesus Christ, you want to be introduced to Jesus Christ, if this is your first time here at Crescent Church and you just want to talk to someone about what it means to follow Jesus Christ, what it means if you are hearing the whispers of a calling and you want to talk about it, myself, Daniel, Diego, we will be right here. Our prayer partners will be on the side as well. And we would love to pray with you. We'd love to pray with you. And we'd just love to be there with you as you answer these questions. Heavenly Father, we come before you today and we're just so incredibly grateful. Grateful for the fact that you brought each and every one of us here to this church today when you could have brought us anywhere. But you brought us here for a specific purpose and we just pray that we, as believers, can grow in our trust and faith in you. I pray that you please be with Daniel and Diego as they have taken the first steps to answer your calling, and they have said yes. I just pray that you continue to be with them, continue to give them the strength they need, give them the patience, wisdom, courage, whatever they need, God. I just pray you wrap them, wrap them with your protection, Lord, and just watch over them, God. And not only them, I pray that you equip every single person in this room and in this world to answer your calling and fulfill your ultimate, perfect, holy purpose. I ask this in your name, Lord. Amen.